Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. to this show right there i think I, i'm gonna <laughs> have to leave it and i i stand corrected i stand corrected first of all welcome to believe in kentucky everybody i stand corrected because we played this audio last week that's why i, I said was like new intro. I was, and i was like i don't i didn't hear tom say whitlow i didn't hear i didn't hear it but i went back and of course i'm <laughs> being a professional he is of course he's gonna say whitlow and said it twice whitlow whitlow and then <laughs> Zalen breaks into the run so, yeah, we just let that be the intro. Like I said, the Believe in Georgia dudes, they, they use an Israel troop every episode. So we got we got a player here who got some plays. And Vinny and I don't got those highlights, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, well, I don't know if it's coincidence or what, but you know, Kentucky happened to stump all over the Gators, so. They sure yeah. do. Yeah. Hey. Welcome to another episode, y'all. Believe in Kentucky and Gershon from the Cats Pose. Jalen Whitlow, former UK quarterback, whose highlight we just heard and get to relive. Courtesy of the voice, Tom Leach himself, the Hall of Famer, painting a picture of Jalen against Alabama State. Fellas, coming in here 5 0, victory over Florida, recapping that, looking ahead to Georgia. No shortage of things to talk about. So wherever y'all want to take this episode, man, we we can get into it. Yeah, man, huge week right here, and uh, that was a beatdown Saturday. That you know, from the second play of the game when Derek Jackson had the sack of Graham Mertz, you felt pretty good about where the defense was at going into that one. And then you know there was a little bit of concern when Barryon Brown drops that touchdown uh, to, on that first drive, but you know they dropped a big 6'6", 348-pound mammoth of a man back in coverage, and he hits sticks a tight end, pops the ball free, pick. The place is going insane, and you kind of knew from there Kentucky was going to have a day, and uh, boy, did they have a day, and boy, did Ray Davis and this offensive line deliver, man. That was uh, that was as good of a beatdown. It's funny because I made a comment. Um, I'm on the Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel. Shout out to him every Monday. Uh, and I made a comment off air in the studio. I, I Like, this – the matchup, the way these teams look, I could see this kind of being like the game we saw against LSU in 20, uh, 2021 when Kentucky just completely beat them down. And this game was pretty damn similar to that because Kentucky didn't throw the ball that much that day either. It was Will Levis who was uh, the one on the ground running for 145 yards. But uh, this time it was Ray Davis, the O-line, and the defense just flying around. So credit to Coach Stoops that uh, the everyone. It was a team win all the way through and through. And uh, – they kicked Florida's ass. There's no better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, you know, 
from an offensive standpoint, I was extremely um, – I was surprised first to see that many rushing yards in the SEC game with, you know, two teams that, you know, uh, have developed somewhat of a rivalry, at least on Kentucky's part. Uh, I, I was ex- I was kind of shocked to see that many rushing yards. Uh, however, it was definitely exciting to see. It kind of it kind of confirmed to me that Ray Davis is who I thought he was and more. Yeah, uh, you know <laughs> that. You know, I knew he was good from last year, uh, but that kind of confirmed to me that you know he can he can do this against anybody they play. I mean, he's I think he's that good. I mean, just catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he has power when he needed. He has speed when he needed. He can move laterally when he needed. Uh, it's just you know he got you know complete complete game. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, uh, and he's bigger than what you think he is. Oh uh, yeah, I've stood you know, with him. He's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's not tall, but he's, yeah, he's not tall, he's bulky. He, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure uh, NFL scouts are you know all over him right now. You know, as far as the next level is concerned. But you know, I you know it was it was I'm sure Stoops was damn near in heaven watching that game. <laughs> yeah. Defense playing pretty well, running the ball all over Florida. I mean, it's hard to beat that, man. So, uh, shout out to them. Yeah, and I think the, that was like the off – it felt like that was the game. Okay, the big blue wall's back. I mean, those five guys, all of them had really good games that I can point to an individual play from all those guys. And the tight ends were involved in the blocking too. And like I said, team effort. And, you know, they had a rough day throwing the ball. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, but, you know, when you're running the ball so well, as Liam Cohen was saying, you kind of just say, screw it. <laughs> we're giving it to number one. Uh, and we're playing behind our offensive line that's balling out right now. And I think – uh, maybe they had some more in the bag that they didn't even have to pull out, and maybe they'll save that for this weekend and uh, the rest of the season. But um, just so impressive with the offensive line, the run game, and then the defense, man. Those guys were just flying around. I mean, how many big hits did we see in that game? Keaton Wade, I thought, played his best game of his young college career. I mean, mm-hmm. his thing, he's as dominant as he always is. But Derek Jackson, who's always been steady, had his best game, came off the edge a couple times, caused havoc. I mean, so many different guys came through on that defense. I'm leaving plenty out, but uh, as good a performance uh, in the last, I mean, obviously they won 10 games. I, I think it was probably their best overall performance from whistle to whistle since that LSU game in 2021. I think that's probably where I'd go back to. Uh, it was just a, again, it was a beatdown. Jeremy Flex, oh, supposedly going to lose his job. He does yeah. not transfer. Digs in and, you know, Ford is still in the mix, but you know he Stoops went out of his way to credit, you know, him for hey, not hitting the portal. Absolutely, and, and then look how he plays, you know, Saturday against Florida. Yeah, and they have a couple guys like that this year. I think you got to give a lot of credit to the players individually. And quickly finishing up the offensive line thing, you know, obviously Flax is a great story this year. But I saw a tweet from Jim Nagy, who is the head of the Senior Bowl, so he watches a lot of tape. Uh, and he said that Kentucky's offensive line performance against uh, Florida this past weekend was the best offensive line performance he's seen of anyone in the country this year. So that's some pretty high praise from a guy who all he does is watch film. And he singled out all the seniors on that line, including Jeremy Flax, uh, Eli Cox, and then uh, Marcus Cox, and then obviously Ray Davis in the backfield. So shout out to them. But, um, yeah, guys like uh, and I wrote about him today, Dor- Darian Henry Young, too, is another guy I think has kind of fly, flown under the radar. He comes in last year, and the new thing with the portal is you go, you portal, you expect to play. 
this guy barely plays last year. He, he played five games. He essentially, you know, was one game short of another redshirt year. Wouldn't have got it because he already did. But besides the point, he barely plays last year. Uh, instead of trying to go back in the portal, which I know is a little harder now with the rules tightening up, but instead of doing that or just giving up and uh, accepting being a, a reserve, not even on the too deep depth chart, he just put his head down and kept working. And he's got a sack and a half. He had a four, he has a forced fumble. I mean, they are. Uh, he is playing out of his mind right now, and he's a big part of that defensive line that has so many different dudes uh, you could rotate in and out. And both Mark Stoops and Brad White kind of said he exemplifies kind of what it means to recruit and develop more or less. And it's what it's all about. So a lot of stories like that. Jeremy Flax, you know, not pouting, not hitting the portal like you said, Vinny. Um, we could probably go on and on with some of the other guys on this roster that are in similar situations. So it's been a really, really impressive start to this season. I know that, you know, a lot of the conversation going into this game is, oh, Kentucky hasn't played anyone yet. But if you you just watch this team, if you're around this team, uh, you can tell it's a little bit different than past years. There's more of a focus level. There's more of a sense of urgency. And you kind of see that in the way they play. Absolutely. So uh, 33 to 14, biggest margin of victory since 1979. We talked and about Juan Portella when they won 31 to 3. So that's the biggest victory since then. It should have been 37 nothing, by the way. If Barry on Brown catches that touchdown, you have seven instead of three. And if Trevin Wallace and Derek Jackson get Graham Mertz on the ground, those drives are over and they can't score touchdowns. I mean, they were like – Graham. credit to Graham Mertz. I actually thought he played a pretty good game. Um, but the two, those two plays were very similar to the play Devin Leary made, especially the one that Florida converted on fourth down. If they just get him on the ground, it, it's 37 nothing. That's your final yeah. score. So I, I think 34, uh, excuse me, what was it? 33 14. Yeah. That's not even reflective of how big of a beatdown this was. Yeah, that's true. that's true. That is that is very true. It was a it was a beatdown. Now, and we talked about it last week, and they've been saying it, you know, the coaches they they know they're close, they know they're close, they can see it coming. Yeah. We talked last week about, you know. Jagger moving over to guard for a couple games, getting pieces in place. Jalen, you talked about catching a rhythm in you know, week four, week five, week six. Maybe that's kind of what we're starting to see. You got guys in place, comfortable, comfortable with the guy next to them, and then you can kind of get that rhythm as a unit, as a collective group on that side of the ball. Yeah, that, that, that was probably, you know, Run game, that was probably the biggest get a rhythm game I've ever seen. Um, you know, I mean, that's again to rush for that many yards against an SEC opponent is people don't real. I mean, obviously, y'all do, but most people don't realize how big that is. Like, that I mean, that's that's dominance, you know, over another team yeah. whose defensive front was just playing really well going yeah. into the year, <laughs> so um, or going into the game, that, yeah. That, that's pretty dominant, you know, and after watching, you know, I know we're going to talk about Georgia, but after watching Georgia and Auburn and watching Kentucky's offensive line, I'm like, man, you know, I know Georgia's going to be up for this one because, you know, they've been not playing so well. You know, Curry Smart going to motivate them and say, hey, the media is going to pick y'all to lose and pick y'all to go seven and five, and, you know. Uh, four, four and eight. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, find out they can go five and seven. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, you know, I, I know that, you know, they're going to be up to play this one. But, you know, just going back to Florida, Kentucky, man, I think that was, uh, like I said, that was the biggest, you know, 
rhythm game possible. Now you have teams to say, hey, we're not going to let a team rush for 300 yards on our defense. That's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen against Georgia. However, you can make Georgia load the box, and now you can take your shots downfield. You can, you know, you can make them overly aggressive to the run game and, and hit some second and third level play actions. Um, I think that's going to be the thing, you know, uh, is finding ways to get guys running open uh, via the play action so that now Devin Leary can catch a rhythm and now they can really balance that thing out. And now you, you really clicking on all cylinders because it's a matter of time before he explodes and have a big game, uh, you know, in the passing game. It's just a matter of time. The receivers are too good. The O-line is too blocking too well right now. And he's too talented to not have that happen soon. Uh, so whether it's this week, whether it's, you know, in two weeks, I don't know. But, you know, at, at some point, they're going to explode in the passing game. And if they can stay healthy with Ray Davis carrying the rock and, uh, you know, the Tom McClain is having a good season, you know, I think as well. Yep. Uh, but if they can if they can stay healthy in that department, man, I think uh, – they can really get this thing going. So, you know, I, I'm excited to watch. This is the most I've ever been excited to watch a Georgia-Kentucky football game in my life uh, because I, I really believe that it's going to be a really good game. One of those uh, one of those Saturday night classics, man. Yeah. And it's, you know, the most legit chance Kentucky's had in a long time. And they've been playing them close for a lot of years. You know, uh, 16-6 last year, 14-3 a couple years ago in Lexington. A twenty-one yep. nothing game in the rain. They haven't blown Kentucky out in a while. So uh, they were thirty thirteen a couple of years ago down there in Athens. You know when Levis was there uh, yeah. two years ago. So um, and like like you said, Jalen, Georgia knows they've been starting slow and they're they're down there trying to fix that. But you know Kentucky. You know, they know what they're getting into. They know what kind of environment it is. Most of them, you know, Cohen's already been there. You know, he was, they went there his first year. So, you know, Kentucky's got a lot going for him. Um, and, you know, Big Dog says, you know, you got to beat these teams. They've beaten everybody else. And that's, that's still the target on Georgia. And it's like Kirby Smart said, you know, it's going to be a bloodbath. They, Georgia knows. It always is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It really is. I mean, that game last year was <laughs> it defined it. There was, I mean, sixteen to six, man, and it was six. You know, Kentucky, I think, had a goal line stand in that game. The defense did a really good job. The offense just could not do anything outside of one drive. And um, yeah, in that twenty twenty one game you brought up, I mean, if they just fall on that one ball that everyone gave up on. It's a whole different game potentially, but Donald, this is it is going to be a little bit of a different animal. You know, obviously this is a night game at Sanford Stadium, and mm-hmm. with how with how Georgia's had it rolling, they've been playing at three thirty. They haven't had many night games, at least big night games in this stadium in a while. So I think they're going to be in for a hell of an atmosphere. Obviously, you know they've mm-hmm. been on the road once, but uh, it was an essentially a home game away from home against Vanderbilt. So <laughs> you know that's going to be a little different, obviously, and I think. You know, the one thing with Kentucky that I found really interesting, it's been mostly coach speak this week, which I get, you know, you just want to, you don't want to give Kirby Smart, like Jalen was saying, any motivation. That's the last guy you need getting anything. So, um, but one thing, one comment I did find interesting came from Liam Cohen yesterday uh, when, you know, was kind of asked about what he learned in that game a couple of years ago. And he said, maybe we just weren't aggressive enough. We kind of played, you know, we were scared of that Georgia defense that, 
21 defense was the, probably the best one of all these outstanding defenses Georgia's had. And he basically said, maybe we didn't take enough shots. Maybe, you know, we need to unload it a little more. And, you know, that I think is kind of like you said, you said, Jalen, like if you force them to load to the box, you can take those shots. My only concerns are, one, are Barry on Brown and Tavion Robinson going to play? Because they did get banged up at the end of that Florida game. I've mm-hmm. heard Tavion Robinson hasn't practiced yet this week. I don't know for that for as a fact, but that's what I heard from someone pretty reliable. And I've also heard Barry on Brown's been limited. So, you know, hopefully those guys can go. Uh, if they do go, I feel really good about what Tavion Robinson's done this year. But you got to catch the football, man. Like, th- there's definitely been throws that Devin Leary has missed. And I'm sure he'd be the first one to take blame for it. Mark Stoops has called them out. Uh, he's been off a little bit, uh, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, 11% drop rate. That's the highest in the SEC. Four of those are from Barry on Brown. Four of those are from Dane Key. So if you have a chance to make some explosive because you are able to force them to load the box and you're able to take that shot, you better come down with the ball or or make the throw, like whatever one. Uh, you've yeah. got to make those plays happen. You can't miss opportunities in this game. Uh, there are games, we've seen it this year, where Kentucky's gotten away uh, with missing opportunities. They've left stuff on the field. And even against Florida, they've missed some opportunities. But those teams, you know, they were able to either build enough of a lead or just had a better team where they were able to escape those you know, with those mistakes, Georgia, you ain't getting away with anything. If you leave, like that play I just mentioned, if you let a ball roll and don't pick it up, Georgia is going to, it's going to bite you in the ass. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just, a, it's a different beast down there in Athens. Absolutely. As always, we are live streaming on Twitter, I believe in Kentucky, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, if y'all are watching. We appreciate it. Uh, get in the comments. You can interact with us. Follow us there. Uh, let your friends know about the podcast. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, but feel free to drop a comment if you're a question or whatever you want to do. Give Jalen restaurant recommendations. Like I said, he can just add to his list when he comes back to Lexington. He'll have so many different places to eat, so many places to catch up on since he was down in Lex. Um, but yeah, uh, like you said, it's going to be a different atmosphere for sure. Yeah. But, you know, Georgia is still your champs. You know, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. But and they're still very, very good. Obviously, yeah. coming <laughs> coming down to earth a little bit compared to the generational yeah. teams they've had in a couple of years. But uh, you're gonna have to go in there and beat them. They're not gonna give you anything. You gotta no. you gotta earn that for sixty minutes for sure. Yeah, I, I think you know, kind of what Liam Cohen said in his interview yesterday. I, sometimes when good teams play good teams, both teams try to fill each other out and. And kind of go tit for tat and be conservative and, until the game kind of opens up and takes shape. Um, I think Kentucky got to come out swinging, throwing yes. hands. Um, you know, I mean, like right away, in my opinion. I just think, you know, as a Georgia guy, if I'm a defender or a defense coordinator or Kirby Smart, I'm going to assume that they're going to come out and try to establish the run and do all this. All of that is great, but you're not going to beat the two time defending national champion if you don't come out and try to win the game and be yeah. a great. Uh, you know, there's no excuse not to because you have receivers, you have a quarterback, you have an O-line, you have good running backs. I mean, this is the most complete team probably in a while, um, you know, to where you can really – I mean, granted, 2021 team was pretty complete. However, uh, you know, there was one alpha receiver. I think this team potentially have kind of three guys that can really take the game 
and, and, and make plays with the football in their hand down the field. Uh, so I think, you know, come out and be aggressive, man. I, I just think it's that time. Uh, it's that time to – and I think you do send a message to your team when you do that as well. Uh, that that says, man, we come, you know, coach calling shots right away. We're coming here trying to, you know, we're, we're taking this thing. We're not playing around. So uh, it definitely sends a message. So I'm all for that, man. Now, obviously, you want to be smart, you know, and Liam Cohen said that too. You want to be smart with it. But I think you got to try to win the game rather than play the game. You got to try to win it. There's a difference. Um, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, you have to go out and be the enforcer, be the aggressor. Yep. Um, you know, be the perpetrator. You got to do that against teams like this because if you don't, you play safe, uh, you know, and you lose the game, you're going to always question what if. Uh, so you got to come out and be aggressive. Let your quarterback who's going to play in the NFL, you know, let, put the ball in his hand, you know, in early downs, first down play action passes, second down passes, keep the defense off balance and be aggressive throwing the football down the field, second and third level shots to also send Georgia a message saying, hey, you can't just, you know, load the box and, and clamp down on the run. We will throw the ball over your head. Uh, and like I said, they have the horses to do it. So um, I think this is – and I think Georgia – maybe Curry Smart, I'm sure y'all heard this. He was like every SEC team should be ranked. I'm an SEC guy, and that's, that's <laughs> not the truth. Um, Some years, not this one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's uh, he's kind of setting this thing up. He, he knows that his team is not as strong – or he feel like his team has some weaknesses that Kentucky can exploit. Maybe he's just trying to, you know, kind of soften the blow a little bit. But uh, I think, you know, this thing kind of has a good feeling to it, man. Um, There's a weird feeling in there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, you know, a point I've been kind of thinking about all week is you look at, obviously, I I think you talked about it there, Vinny, where Georgia's gotten off to slow starts this year. I think they are – I know they're 17-17 in the first quarter. That's their score, and that's against – you know, South Carolina, Auburn, but also Ball State, it was 0-0. UAB, it was 7-0 Georgia, and then it ended up being 7-7 early in the second quarter. And then UT Martin, I believe, was also 7-0. So they've gotten off to slow starts. Kentucky, the last two weeks, have outscored opponents 47-0 uh, since giving up a point. Uh, I know I said it won't be 24-0 last week. It ended up being 23, but I'll go ahead and say it again. I don't think you're going to be jumping out to a 23-0 lead or something on Georgia. Uh, but <laughs> – but, 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 but if you're able to make a – get a – South Carolina got up to a 14-3 lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did it by exactly how Jalen kind of described it. Their first drive, Spencer Rattler came out firing. it a five-yard pass, 17-yard pass, 15-yard pass, nine-yard pass, uh, a seven-yard run, and then they scored on a 17-yard touchdown to Juice Wells. So South Carolina kind of put out the blueprint. Get ahead early, uh, force some punts, force a field goal, um, and by the way, one thing with Georgia, their kicker has missed two kicks from 28 yards out. So like if, even if you can get off the field on fourth down, you have a chance to hold them scoreless. Even if it's not, you know, even if it's three, it could be zero with their kicker. So a 14, if Kentucky hypothetically got off to a 14, three lead at halftime in this game, they have the defense to finish where South Carolina has the literally the worst defense in the SEC, the blueprint to beat Georgia is out there. No one has been able to finish them off. Even Auburn. I mean, Auburn, they're not good this year. They are a rebuilding team. And how many yards did they run for? I know some of that was in the QB run game. So you're not gonna oh, yeah. you're not gonna get yeah. that this weekend. But I think it was I think it was around 200. Um, I'll get it real quick. I think yeah. Uh, 219. Yeah, 219. 
Uh, now, 92 of those came from the quarterback, so you're, you're not going to get that from Devin Leary. But if you're able to get creative in that run game, the blueprint is out to beat this Georgia team. Uh, it's jump on them early or run the ball down their throats. Uh, the problem is no one's been able to do it, and the question is, will Kentucky be able to? And I think, uh, you know, <laughs> that's going to be tough. That Obviously, it is way easier said than done. But you're, this is definitely – if you're going to get Georgia uh, – you got to get them right now while they're still um, they're still beatable because as young as they are, as different of a vibe it is with this Georgia team, they still have five stars at every position. They still have the best player in America in Brock Bowers. Carson Beck is playing a lot better than uh, people are giving him credit for. So they're going to get it going, but kick, get them now. Like, get them now. Yeah, and Kentucky's – been starting fast the past couple of weeks. Absolutely. And if Georgia isn't able to, that's that's part of the recipe starting it off right there. And that's how you take the um, crowd out of it. Yeah. Is this is this gonna be a tight end game? In in, in part because Kentucky has good tight ends, in part the up in the air status of the primary wideouts. Yeah, could we could we see that? And like Jalen said, we're waiting on the passing game to to kind of click. You you had the, the first touchdown, you know, he he overthrew a guy and he threw it right in between two open guys, and then Barryon drops the touchdown oh the next my gosh. time. So is this is this a tight end game, Jay? Do you think they try to, to feature them? You think they try to go at the tight ends early and get them involved? You know, or... yeah, it's funny you say that because I was I was thinking that earlier when I was speaking about the passing game oh. kind of taking shape. Um it definitely could be a tight end game. Um, you know, I, I listened to uh, Brad White talk about Brock Bowers in his interview today, and um, we know that it's going to be a tight end game for Georgia. I mean, he, he's, <laughs> he's a monster. He, he's, the, he's probably the best player on the field. Uh, but I do, I do feel that, uh, and almost is almost Kentucky almost has have to start getting the ball to the tight ends. I think I just agree. to create, just to spread the ball around and create that kind of. You know, because right now all five eligibles aren't really getting the ball. Uh, yeah. I think you know when you start getting it to the tight end, you can really uh, put a lot of a lot of stress and strain on the defense, especially if you're getting it to them via play action. Right? That's when that's the best way, in my opinion, to get the ball to a tight end. Now, Kentucky will throw screens to the tight end. I think they did that back in 2021, um, and maybe they missed one or they caught it and. They missed the block. It was going to be a big play. I remember watching the yeah. game. Oh, yeah. I remember that? Yeah. When was oh, that? It was down, set up. It was down, set up. Which game was that? Yeah, we threw it yeah. back to the tight end on the screen. It was set And they up. missed the block. It was nobody out there. Which I mean, game it was, was that? I remember this. That was Georgia game. Yeah. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. My fault. Yeah. I got you. So, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll yeah. find ways to get the ball to those guys. They have talented guys. I mean, those guys are – they, they, you know, you always want to reward those guys too because they they blocking it. But they, they play their ass off. Like, yeah. they don't win that. They might win, but they don't do what they did last week without the tight end, especially yeah. uh, Dingle, Caddis, and Bates. No, a tight end is an extension of the offensive line, man. So I yeah. think you know, whenever you can get those guys the ball, um, you know, that's good. So I, I'd almost, I would say that it almost have to be a tight end game for Kentucky. Yeah, I think because you know everybody know that Barryon Brown can get the ball down the field. You know. Dane Key, yeah. uh, you know, Tavion Robinson. But when you're when you're sneaking the ball to the tight end, you really put a lot of stress and strain on a team's pass coverage or just their 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 
run pass or run pass screen recognition. Gets them out of rhythm. Yep. You can when you can screen the ball to the tight end opposite of where the action or run is going. That's tough on the defense, man, because you know they watch film and they say, hey, this guy usually the run is going to the tight end, and this guy is the guy that's going to make it go. He's the tight end. He's in a blocking scheme, whatever, whatever, whatever. And now you're slipping that guy out and and getting chunks out of the defense by dropping it to the tight end, whether it's short. Intermediate, deep, it's probably probably won't be deep, but short to intermediate game. Uh, I think that's a huge part of an offense. I mean, look, go go look at the best teams in college football, and I'm sure that they get the ball. 90% of them are like heavy tight end centric when it comes to the play action game and some of them the screen game. I mean, you may have teams like Colorado that are true, like wide open <laughs> spread that are really not getting to them, but um, you know. Even Tennessee works it, I guess. Yeah, or, or, yeah, but but some of those teams, especially in the league, man, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. the, all the good Patriots offenses, they get the ball to the tight end. You know, uh, it's just it's just how it goes. So we'll see. You know, I think uh, they'll have a good plan. You know, he'll, you know, there won't probably won't be much sleep tonight, so he's probably putting a good plan together. Yeah, I think they the tight ends definitely. I think. They gotta just get different bodies involved in the pass game. I think the, maybe some of the problem they're having in the passing game is defenses know they want to get the ball to Barry on Brown, Tavon Robinson, Dane Key, or Ray Davis out of the backfield. Okay, let someone else beat us, and <laughs> they haven't beat anyone. And I think a couple, like for example, they haven't got Anthony Brown Stevens going yet. I know he's a true freshman, but he's a guy they talked so highly about uh, during uh, fall camp. Like it just feels like I know he had a touchdown wiped off the board too, so I can't say they haven't tried with him but like mm-hmm. they got to get him going isaiah cummins in that tight end room how does he not have a catch yet that's just shocking to me and that's not a i'm not digging at him when i say that it's just the camp he had and i saw it in the open practice man it, he looked like the guy and he looked better than the guy from 21 like they just need to get some different bodies going and that obviously starts with the tight ends because you only have i think it's nine catches in that room right now and one score that number's got to be higher and i think uh this is a game where uh, when when Georgia turns on the tape, uh, they know that they're going to be hunting number one. That That's when it's going to start. They're going to be hunting Ray Davis. He's going to be the most wanted man in Athens. And then you're going to, you know, whatever, if the starters are out there, assuming Barion and Tavion can play, you know, those are the guys you're going to key in on and Dinky as well. So you got to get other guys involved uh, to make the defense think. And that starts with those tight ends, like, you know, Jalen was just saying. And uh, that's what made their offense, that, that the tight ends played a major role in 2021. I mean, if you're talking about Justin Rigg, I think he had a four touchdown year. Uh, Brendan Bates had a good year. Isaiah Cummins had a great year. Like, And even Jordan Dingle, when he got to play, did some good things at the end of the year. Um, they got to get back to that a little bit. And it's been missing, but uh, I, I'm just, Jalen, when you're watching Devin Larry, what's missing with him? It just feels like there's been so many good moments, and we've seen what he can do uh, when he's at his best. But it's just he's missing, man. They, uh, it's not it's not all on him, but it does feel like a lot of it is. Yeah, I you know I, I, I asked myself that question when I saw him miss um, down on the left. He missed the ball high and over oh, in the red he's zone. Missed high a lot. Yeah. Um, so I you know. You know, I start getting into the, you know, the weeds of it when it comes to quarterback. A lot of times when guys are are missing, it, it, sometimes it's not a mechanical issue. Sometimes it's a, you know, we can, you know, like I said, we can really get in the weeds. But sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, it could be a, 
not a stress is not the word, but um, just overzealous. You know, it could be he wanted so bad that, you know, sometimes it's, he's kind of pressing a little bit and he's not relaxing and playing. Uh, it could be a, you know, one of those things where, because I, I heard that they were staying out to practice a lot, throwing and trying to get, it could be a, a, a you know, fatigue, an arm fatigue issue. I know certain guys, when they start, the arms start getting tired, they start missing high and, you know, the ball starts, they start losing control of it. I, it could be a, a, a lot of things, man, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. It could be a, maybe he's thinking too much, new offense, whatnot. It could be so many different things that make a quarterback not look good because he's something else is going on that we don't know about. Uh, so I don't know, man. It, it definitely feels like, you know, something is there. He's not as – he doesn't look as comfortable as he did when I watched his NC State film yet. Yeah, uh, and maybe, like I said, maybe it's the offense. Maybe he's, you know, he's still brand new to the system. So, you know, we'll, you know, I get it. We're we're kind of getting to mid season soon, but right. I think, uh, you know, it, it just need, he just need that game against the good competition that kind of get his confidence in the right place. Uh, just get the rhythm going. Quarterback and offense is a rhythmic thing, man. Uh, you you got to see it happen. It's almost like a basketball player seeing the ball go through the hoop. You know, you got to see that ball go through the hoop. You got to see that that deep ball get completed. And sometimes, and this is the funny thing, sometimes it don't really, you don't really get that when you're not playing great competition. If you have a, a good game against competition that you know in the back of your mind that they're not very good, sometimes you don't really get that rhythm going. Sometimes it got to happen against a team that's that's good that you respect uh, to get that thing going. You know, so. It, it could be a lot. It could be a lot of things, man. It could. It, it could. It really could. So I don't really know. Um, to be honest with you, you know, I'm not at practice. I could give you a better answer if I was around them every day. But you know, I I, I don't know. But you know, hopefully, hopefully that thing gets going because I know, you know, at, at some point he is going to start to press if it don't get going because That's, he's a, yeah he's a senior who you know people talking about draft stock. He hear the rumblings. Yeah. Uh, so. You don't want to see that. You know, a quarterback is never good when he start to press and start to force. Uh, and that you gotta gotta let the game come to you. So we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I would say be concerned if it doesn't go really well. I say really well, but if it if he's under 150 yards Saturday, I, I say be concerned because Georgia's not about to let you run the ball down their throat. And if he's under 150 yards and they win. It must have been a very weird game. <laughs> they uh, must have been able to run the ball yeah, with unprecedented. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, I, I don't, I don't anticipate. Yeah. I'm not saying Kentucky won't be able to run the ball well. I just don't anticipate them, you know, rushing for 250 yards or, or anything staff like that. And players, yeah, they're, they're not letting that happen. So mm -hmm. you, you, you're gonna have to pass. You're gonna get in third and long situations, third and medium situations, second and long situations where. You know, and even first down situations where, you know, Liam may say, hey, we got to kind of throw this thing early on yeah. to loosen them up. So he's going to get those opportunities. Uh, but, I, I, you know, from a quarterback perspective, you kind of hope to see him have some early success. So he don't get, you know, in the mind frame to, you know, feel like he got to do something to help the team win. Because that's when quarterbacks really kind of get outside yeah. of themselves when they start to press. Yeah. And then third Real quick, I'm sorry, Vinny. And through it all, one thing he's done so well too, and I think he's the pocket presence is outstanding. It's just putting it all together. And I wonder too if maybe there's some chemistry things. You know, I heard Mark Stoops kind of throw out the 
I, I, it might have been a motivational tactic, but he did throw out without it being asked the sophomore slump thing with Dane Key and uh, Barry on Brown. If maybe those guys just aren't all, all on the same page, which is a little concerning. But, you know, there's still like when people are like, I, I've heard plenty of takes, you know, between, you know, the Florida getting ready for the Florida game, getting ready for this game that Devin Leary sucks. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I would just say it's there's been inconsistencies and if you watch every snap like all three of us have I mean you see that he made some throws that weren't being made last year with an NFL quarterback and there's some things in the pocket that have been done that were not done with an NFL quarterback the last two years so you know there's still a lot of good in there he's just got to put it together for 60 minutes and for George it's kind of like we talked about last week game planning for somebody who goes nuts the week before, you know, as, as far as like Florida and how they approached Harrison. Now Georgia's got that with Davis doing what he did. So yeah. that's, you know, do you do what you do? Do you, okay, well, you got to pay attention to what just happened. So, you know, it's, it's going to get your attention. So you got that going. I got to go back to Florida too real quick because I mean, for the most part, Going into the year, thought they wouldn't be very good. They beat Tennessee, get dominated by the Kentucky, <laughs> beat Florida a couple of years ago in Lexington, and they went on to not have a good season. And then that detracts from Kentucky beating them. You, you can't control what happens and no. what a team does the week after the weeks after you play them. You know, people still talk about well, 97 beat Alabama. That team wasn't any good. Nobody knew that at the time. No one cares. But do <laughs> Nobody does care. You're absolutely right, Aaron. But is Florida, <laughs> Florida a good team? Florida a bad team? What do you think they do going forward the rest of the way? I mean, it changes every week. But well, how do you how do you see them? You got Vanderbilt coming up. <laughs> still got Georgia, so on and so forth. What kind of team is is Florida, yeah. and what could they possibly do? If they follow the trend that they've had with Billy Napier, they'll win their home games and they're going to lose on the road. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty simple, right? Their only road win under Napier was at A and M, and they had like thirty players out, like literally, like they had a brash of injuries and illness, and it was already a bad A and M team. So, no, I, I really think that it, it's tough because I really do like the running backs, uh, especially ETN. I know he's a little banged up, and he might not play this weekend. Uh, I hope he does. I think Graham Mertz has done a lot better than – I know he's not throwing it down the field. He's not doing too much. He's game managing. Um, but I, I, he's done a good job. He's doing what they're asking him to do. Um, and he's doing it at a pretty damn high level over almost an 80% completion percentage. So uh, he's a tough dude, too. He was getting not just the sacks, man. He was getting pummeled uh, on Saturday, and he was getting up, and he was fighting. And he, I saw his post-game interview, and he was taking a lot of accountability for things that I, I just didn't put – I don't put much of that loss on Graham Mertz if I'm a Florida fan. So, you know, credit to him. And I still think their defense is talented. But in the one thing with Florida that I think people are forgetting – you look at their depth chart, sophomore, freshman, sophomore. It's a young team. So uh, we'll see. I, I don't know how this year is going to go for them. I, I could very well see like six and six, seven and five, kind of like last year was. But uh, I'm more curious to see what direction this program, their program goes because um, – I think they need to hire an offense coordinator. I think everyone in Gainesville kind of, I've talked to and have, I've read on Twitter is calling for that. Uh, they need to be better play calling wise. Uh, I still think Billy Napier is a good CEO. Uh, he's recruiting at an extremely high level. So I think better days are uh, ahead down in Gainesville. I just don't know if those days are going to be uh, in the year of 2023. And I should have 
had another thought too. Um, I'll get it back, come back to it, but um, yeah, hmm, yeah, it slipped my mind now. But I, I had to ask y'all something else. It'll come back to me before we finish up. But, um, uh, I, here, can I pose a question, to you guys? Yeah. So obviously, Brock Bowers, best. I think he's the best player in America. Uh, that's not playing the quarterback position. I don't think you can compare quarterback to whatever. But anyway, if you're Kentucky, they did really well on them last year, but it was that type of game that Georgia ran the ball a lot, whatever. Do you, if you're Kentucky, you've played a lot of Andrew Phillips in the nickel this year when, when since Jordan Robinson's get back, gotten back. Do you have Andrew Phillips' shadow? Do you risk you know throwing a linebacker on him? Uh, because the one thing with Georgia, I mean, they have receivers, but guys like Dominic Lovett, Rara Thomas, like these are guys Kentucky knows and has had success against. So do you kind of put Harrison and and Robinson outside and let Phillips shadow uh, Bowers? Or how do you even – he's going to get his, but how do you even start to defend against a guy like that? Yeah, I think. You know, I'm glad I'm not a defense coordinator. I, I, I think it's I think it's really tough to double bracket um, shadow a tight end. Yeah, you know, they motion so much, they line up in different places, outside a receiver and a slot at receiver. You know, inline tight end with the hand in the dirt, off the ball, fullback. I mean, they they don't line- play running back now too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They line up so so many different positions, man. And he it do so much movement with them that I don't I don't really know how you do it and still be sound on defense, still right. be gap sound in the run game, still be um, you know, whether zone or whatever match scheme sound in the pass game. I, I just don't I don't know how you do that to be honest with you. Um I'm sure they'll they'll have to find a way somehow you know, how to make sure they account for them. But I don't really know how you do that from a, a – I would love to sit in the meetings at Kentucky right now and, and, and see <laughs> what they're trying to do to, you know, try somewhat contain. Uh, I don't think you'll stop him. You know, he's going to he's gonna get the ball and he's going to make plays. Uh, you just want to keep him from having that 140-yard receiving game or 120-yard receiving game and three touchdowns. Uh, you know, he may score one on you. But you cannot allow him to really like get off, because uh, if he if he get off like that, you're not gonna win. Uh, right. Because if they're throwing the ball that well to a tight end, they're probably running the ball pretty well too. Um, you know, so I don't I don't know, man. To be honest with you, <laughs> I don't know how I would defend him because it's so tough because he's moving around so much, and they know it, they do exactly what you're supposed to do with a player like that. He never is lined up in the same spot over and over again in consecutive plays. He's out wide at receiver. They motion him in. He's out, you know, in the slot. They motion him out. He's in the backfield. They motion him out. He's at receiver. They motion him back in. You mm-hmm. know, it's just so much. It's, it's so much. And when a guy that good in the pass game can block that well, I don't know how the hell you stop that, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, so one thing that they do have on their side, speaking of Kentucky, is they got two good guys when it comes to, you know, slowing teams down in the pass game. Uh in that defensive meeting room, you know, so they'll, yeah, I'm they sure they'll, they'll find a way to slow him down. Uh, I don't think you ever stop a guy like that, though, especially when he's that tight end, because I think tight ends are hard to contain. Now, if he's just an X receiver or a Z receiver, like you play like a Mississippi State and or an old Mississippi State in the air raid system where yep. they guys line up kind of in one spot for the most part, 
you can bracket a guy, you can double a guy, you can do things, but tight ends are tough, especially when they are extremely valuable in the interior of the run game. I think that's when it becomes tough. So, you you know, I'm anxious to see. That'll be something that I look at on Saturday to yeah. see, you know, how I'll actually be learning in that case. How do you slow this guy down? Yeah, I'm trying to remember how they did it last year because I know I was just looking. Bowers only had two catches for 10 yards. But, again, I know Georgia did run the ball a lot in that game. The weather was, you know, not ideal for throwing. And it was a very low-scoring game. Kentucky's offense couldn't do much. Georgia's trying to get home. So, uh, I do uh, – <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm glad – like Jalen, you said, I'm glad my name's not Brad White this week. And Phillips, I mean, he's – He's giving up a lot of size and what I mean, everybody is because he's a nightmare. But I don't, yeah, I mean, you mentioned you should mention him specifically. Yeah, I'm just I mean, he's, and I don't know. He's giving up four <laughs> inches and about 50 right. pounds. So I don't, I don't know. And, and, and you know, and the speed thing is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's fast. The, the speed thing, that's the thing. You can't, you cannot. Put yeah. The only guy who can run with him is Trev. Well, Trevin is different with his speed, but it's still, this is Brock Bowers, man. This guy yeah. is the closest thing to. Travis Kelsey in college football. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah, um, after after watching him last week, I'm like, man, it's and it's like he got a force field around him when he has the ball in his oh hand. It's God. like nobody can tackle. Him. He had uh, nine still, yards in the first half, finished with 157. <laughs> yeah, that that's what Kentucky cannot allow to happen. Right. You know, if they allow that to happen, it's going to be tough. Uh, yeah. So we'll and see. Just, like I said, you know, you you find ways. You have this is where volume on defense start to become an issue sometimes because you got a player like that and you got to, you know, if they're in this formation, we got to check to this. If they're in this, we need to check here. You know, if they're in this, we need to do this. It becomes a lot mentally. And now you kind of, you know, the more your players are thinking, the slower your feet are moving. So, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. And, yeah, so. And everything against Auburn, it's like he was just running free. You know, <laughs> oh, it was it was literally like nobody near the the in the game plan too in the second half for Georgia was F it Brock Bowers is out there somewhere and again <laughs> I think Carson Beck has played pretty damn well I mean his yeah. average depth per target is pretty high I think it's close to nine and his completion percentage is still like seventy three percent so you know he's playing pretty damn well for a first year starter there so I think their passing attack ranks tenth in the country and their passing attack has done pretty well uh, they've been a little banged up at running back but they're supposed to get um. I know Kendall Milton's kind of working his way back. He played a little bit last week. And then Lad McConkey too, is back at receiver. So they're getting healthy at the right time. But, uh, again, I mean, if you find a way to contain 19, there are ways to beat this Georgia team. Not not slow him down, shut him out. Or slow him down, yes, not shut him down, but to contain him. Um, there are ways. I mean, again, Kentucky has played against Dominic Lovett, and Dominic Lovett hasn't hurt him. They've played against Rara Thomas. He hasn't hurt him. So it's just going to be really uh, – it's going to be fascinating to see how they uh, – how the game plan for this one. I mentioned I had talked with Coach Collins a few weeks ago on my yeah. Cats Talk Wednesday podcast. I asked him specifically about that, and and I was just throwing out a random name because, I, I like, you, you know, you, you play dudes every week. And, you know, for example, you know, Brock Bowers. And, you know, on the basketball side, take a guy like Kevin Durant, you know, when you – playing him do you just let him get his and take everybody else away do you try to clamp him down or do you, you know you hear guys say it all the time just try to make it tough on him try to force him into tough shots I, I said is that how you 
do Bowers? Do you try to clamp him? Do you try to limit everybody else and let him get his? Do you just try to make it tough on him and make him make tough kids? You know, and, and he Thank said, you. you know, they, they were trying to you know put situationally in practice, put the defenders in tough spots, in tough scenarios, yeah. and stuff like that happens week to week, but especially now that the week you're facing him, you know, he did kind of lay out things that they kind of try to do, but you know, it, it's you, you saw Stoops in the press conference Monday. Michael he's, Jordan. He's a freak. He's a freak. And yeah. I mean, in a good way. You know? Yeah. He brought up Michael Jordan and the get his thing. And then he, you know, he didn't compare him to Rob Gronkowski, but he did say like, I've been around Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Obviously they crossed paths in Arizona. He's like, I still haven't seen anyone like Brock Bowers before. So yeah, I mean, this dude is as good as it gets. And again, Carson Beck is playing some good football, but if you can contain the Bowers game, uh, there's a path. Uh, again, they haven't been good in the first half, more really in the first quarter uh, this season. They have been a slow starting offense. And if you're able to get ahead, uh, this is a defense that can hold on to that lead. And that's the thing. You mentioned it, Aaron. If if you get up on them like South Carolina did, if you're able to do that, take the crowd out of the game, you'll get to halftime up seven. If South Carolina was up 11, then the thing about it, like you said, it's, it's all about finishing because that old, is, you know, I'm a Rockets fan, Rudy Tomjanovich, don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. They're going to come out, you know, on fire because, hey, we, we went to halftime losing. We haven't lost in two and a half years. We got to, you know, you got to be able to withstand the furious rally if you happen to get up on them in the first half. Can you come out in the third quarter and not melt down because they're they're going to be throwing haymakers to you know, to rattle you like they did South Carolina and then rally and oh we won ugly again and you know hope and yeah. that's that's what they're trying to do and of course like we said they're trying to fix all this right now anyway they know they're starting off slow everybody yeah. else knows it you know they know it so. Yeah, they know that. And look, they have a target on their chest. They haven't lost a yeah. football game since the 2021 SEC championship game. They haven't I'm lost. Just, a just regular, about to ask that. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to take out the COVID year for this. They haven't lost a regular season because no fans for COVID. That's why I'm taking it out. They haven't lost a regular season game since the South Carolina loss in 2019. They haven't lost a night game in Sanford since Kentucky beat them in 2009. Like <laughs> there is a huge Boy. target on their chest. Yeah, like they have two thousand. They lost two games in twenty twenty. I'm taking those out. Twenty nineteen against South Carolina was their last loss that wasn't either in the playoff or SEC championship game. Twenty nineteen, and then Trevard Lindley now beat them in oh nine. Yeah, that's the last night game, home night game they've lost. They don't play a lot of night games, right? Yeah, because they're at three thirty all the time, or they're at noon. Yeah, they their last home night loss. Was against 2009 Kentucky. Wow, yeah, and that's we the last were, time Kentucky's beat Georgia. We were lucky enough in, in 2013 to catch them in a night game. Oh yeah, yeah, and Todd, and Todd Gurley probably had 17 touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've had some pretty good running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift. Uh, I remember when Swift was here and Stoops was said to him on the way out, like, "Thank God you're out of here. <laughs> like, I can't, yeah. I can't deal with you anymore." Swift, Gurley. Uh, Chubb, Marshall, Chubb, Michelle, yeah, yeah, Holyfield. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. And going back to running backs, the fact that Ray did what he did against Florida, the 
only other back period to go for over a hundred in Lexington was Mo Williams. And that, yes. that was insane. The yeah. Rays, those are the only two dudes. Sonny Collins had the rushing record for 40 years to Benny Snellbroker. He didn't have a hundred yard rushing game against Florida in Lexington. 200 yards. Yeah. Right. Or is it a hundred? A hundred. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nobody even topped a wow. hundred except Mo Williams and Ray Davis. Wow. <laughs> in Lexington against Florida in the history of the series. I'm like, are you kidding me? And Kentucky's <laughs> had some good backs. I know Florida, when they were at their peak, it was hard to do anything on them. But I'm like, you thought absolutely. somebody would have went over a hundred in one of these years. That was insane to me. Yeah. And I know it was the second most ever against the Gators period. Uh, only the kid from LSU just a couple of years ago uh, mm-hmm. set that record. Uh, Tyron Davis Price. I think he had. Uh, it was like 290-something. That was the record against them. But outside of that, uh, it was Ray Davis. Again, third most rushing yards in a single game in U.K. history. Only uh, Lynn Bowden and uh, and Mo Williams against the Gamecocks. So, yeah. Uh, pretty elite company. Yeah. And it was – that Mo Williams game, It was he went 299. It was raining and down in Columbia. Oh, my God. You know, you had he, was a perfect, running, he was just doing cardio down there. Yeah. <laughs> you had a perfect sunny day here in Lexington. It wasn't weather. It wasn't much. Yeah, the Lynn Bowden game was in the pouring rain, too. Right, Louisville. right. Like, yeah. So for him to do that Saturday, like like Jalen, you say, it's, it's a good day. Uh, uh, sky's blue, white puffy clouds in the sky. I mean, Great was, crowd, by the way. Yeah. Like, people hey, were worried about the nooner. Like, come on. The blue white tent came through the TV. Oh, it was just so. Yeah, it, it was, was so. Yeah. It was love. loud in that place. And this, again, that second play from scrimmage, you get a sack. That I mean, that place is ready to burn down pretty quick. So <laughs> uh, it, it was something else. Good stuff. Uh, just off the field, you know, CBS did a story on J.J. Weaver. Mm. Um, and, you know, of course, we know everything that he's been through, but they, you know, the loss of his father, how he was in a dark place. And, you know, talk with Coach Stoops and get some help, you know, professionally. And, Basically, they've set up like a grief, uh, how to handle grief, like a program, you know, that's been put in place. And he basically initiated the Adam Zucker from CBS did the stories like a six minute deal on Twitter. Slacks retweeted, everybody retweeted. And it was really cool to to see that feature on him. And, you know, Dion Walker was in there. Uh, Paul Rodriguez was in there. Fearbury was in there all talking about things they've gone through. And you know, everybody thinks we're big-time athletes and life is perfect and we have no problems and that's not the case. And, you know, to go somewhere where they can actually, you know, unload and unpack some stuff that may be bothering them and and hopefully it opens up for all the students on campus. There was no place in on campus like that. And kind of thanks to Weaver and everything he's been dealing with, he got the ball rolling on this the entire program. So that was, that was really yeah. cool. He you hadn't seen that. that. If you hadn't seen it, go and check. It's like a little six, seven minute feature. Um, I think Adam Zucker's the dude. He's always halftime on the CBS. Him and right. uh, New Heisel and, and Brian Jones and all those guys. Uh, really well done. So if y'all hadn't seen that, people want to definitely go and go and watch that for sure. Yeah, he's done so much good off the field. Uh, JJ Weaver has. He did that bike drive over the summer. Obviously, some of the stuff he's done, you know, with the with the extra finger and giving back to that. And there was, I think, there was a, I think it was in the Lexington community, a kid who had the same same uh, thing going on, and he was hanging out with him. So just a great, great guy. And he's obviously been through a lot uh, that mm-hmm. no one wants to go through, but 
man, he's he's made the most of some bad situations given back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wilson Berry chasing down the dude after the block <laughs> field extra point and no, this is my favorite one of the week. Oh, I know. Did you see the? Did you see the thing that that Mark Stoops said though? Did you see what he said to him when he tackled him? Yes. You just got tackled by a punter, mate. <laughs> Unbelievable. And he, you know, he had the angle and you saw him. You saw him. Oh, I knew he was going to get him. I wasn't even yeah. like, I didn't even like, everyone's like, oh, there's two points. I was like, nah, Wilson's got him. Like, you see, he's got the angle. And yeah. you just got tackled by a punter, mate. Like, that is awesome. Yes, it is. You saw, you saw, you saw Alabama kickers on Saturday, Mega. They yeah, who made, I mean, he made a nice tackle, man. Yeah, and Wilson, I, yeah, that was uh, that was funny. He's yeah. probably, and he did like Stoop said. He kind of he gave him a little extra shoulder, and he you can see him stand over for oh, a he minute. Felt, he was stay. feeling himself. <laughs> Absolutely. What, he may never do that again. So you got to get it. Uh, you got to get it in. But no, that was hilarious. That it was just. Uh, it must have been a rough day for Florida, man. Like that, they just got thoroughly embarrassed and. uh you know, we'll see how they how they get up off the mat. But uh, it was again, as we keep saying, it was just a total and utter beatdown, and pretty much every phase of the game. Those Australian kickers are kind of exceptions to the rule. They they playing the they're playing the rugby. They, yeah, they've had the contact. It's it's not kind of like your typical punter over here who's like wants no part of none of that. But Kentucky has had some tough guy. Kentucky's had some tough punters the last couple mm-hmm. of years, man. I mean, yeah. Goodfellow took one for the team last year, literally took one for the career last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you had obviously everything Max Duffy did, and uh, now Wilson Berry. So, uh, some tough punters that uh, Mark Stoops is finding. Absolutely. And pretty soon, Aaron, you'll be doing the football, basketball juggle, uh, looking yeah. like, and, you know, of course, fan base loves to panic. You know, you know we they were, there was panic when there were seven guys on the roster. It turned out fine. The <laughs> roster's full now. It's panic when Big Z might not be eligible. Looks like now he's going to be. A lot of this stuff is 11th hour stuff. You know, PJ Washington, is he coming back? Hamdou Diallo, is he going to stand? This stuff waits yeah. and plays out at 11.59 right before the deadline. So just chill and chill, wait. Yeah. It either happens or it doesn't. Yeah, I put out a – I retweeted the story that Ben Roberts broke this morning and said, oh, we're using a 1,000, why not to panic? And I got some comments like, hey, you know, I heard, you know, this situation was unique. And I, I, my answer to that is, look, like this situation was unique in the sense it got coverage. And it was kind of a late addition, and we heard a lot more about it and had some really good reporting from good people uh, getting into the weeds of it. But this stuff happens a lot more than you would think. It's just not always reported on because it's already assumed done and they keep things under wraps better. Uh, I had a conversation with a guy who might know her, or I didn't, but uh, Daryl Bird has had some conversations with a guy who might know her to her uh, thing about these type of situations. And there was never any real panic. So I'll leave it at that. See there. <laughs> I would leave it at that. Like this was going to get done. Uh, and if it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Kentucky's fault. I'll just leave it at that. There we have it. There we have it. Fellas, I'm, you know, we we coming into Athens confident, so we will see what happens Saturday. We we'll see, man. 
They show up. They can leave with a W. Just show up, and I mean, like I said, easier said and done. But they get up, get up, get up, get up early, man. Get on them early. Don't put yourself in a situation you have to come back and not only come back against the best team in the country, but come back against that fan base that is going to be highly intoxicated and loud. So uh, just just start hot and see. Let the chips fall where they may. And props to you, like you said last week that. Kentucky's not going to get up 24 nothing again. <laughs> Even, they didn't. They and, didn't. Thanks to that block extra point, they didn't. I had I had to clip that and get that out there <laughs> after you. I was like, because they that really so almost funny. got up 24 nothing uh, again. <laughs> that was, yeah, and they did it. And if you were to, like, and not because Ray, Ray Davis has been solid all year, but if you were to tell me they did get up 23 nothing, I'd be like, oh, wow, Devin Leary really got it going. They were able to put the, push the ball down. Nope, they just ran the ball down their throat. So. <laughs> Yep. And so it's, it's one sided our way, like it used to be one sided their way all those years. And yeah, we'll take it. They, we'll they had a nice punter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked this game Saturday is like, this is like a 10 to 13. Oh, it's going to, I think I, it might. I, 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 w- I wouldn't be shocked if it's like low, low scoring, 7 to 10. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, it was 22 combined points a year ago, and and the th- I think only six. And was I think the halftime score was it? Uh, Georgia might have scored in the third quarter, but it was. Let, let me see. I know Kentucky didn't score until the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get a quick look at what the halftime score was in that one. But yeah, I could see. I absolutely could see it happening again. The halftime score last year was. Come on, it load. It was nine nothing Georgia. So, uh, yeah, it it easily could be one of those again. Georgia only scored one touchdown, and that was in the third quarter. So, you know. Yep, that's right. We'll see. That's right. Fellas, man, we got another good episode in. We will eagerly await Saturday night at 7. Safe travels, AG, as you go down to Athens. And, uh, you know, we – Score more points than they do. We'll we'll have an emergency <laughs> podcast to to bring to y'all at some point, at some yeah. way. And either either there. late Saturday night or Sunday. Yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah. uh, we'll see Sunday. I gotta I gotta get a drive back in. Maybe we'll do it on the way home or something. But we'll figure yeah. it out if they win. Yeah. We'll make Absolutely. it happen. Absolutely, and then we'll be back next Wednesday like we always are. Oh, believe dot com. You can listen, you can watch, you stream on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Also, a Sea of Blue, seeofblue.com. Jason Markham and everybody puts these episodes up uh, on their sites. We appreciate that as well. Appreciate everybody that takes the time to tune in. Appreciate Jalen Whitlow, Aaron Gershon for bringing these episodes to us, dropping all the knowledge y'all drop. Everybody be safe. Enjoy the weekend. Go Cats. Beat them dogs. We'll be back to talk about it next week in some form or fashion. Take care, everybody. That episode of Believe in Kentucky, and we'll holler at y'all later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.